0: All right, guys. Welcome to the March Youth Pastor Roundtable call. We are so excited you guys have all joined. Uh, it's exciting to see everyone jumping in. I know we've got people kind of from uh, coast to coast and everywhere in between, and so we're uh, really excited to get this thing going. My my goal, my hope, is for all of you guys just to be able to on a Thursday morning just kind of sit back, relax. Get out your moleskin, your piece of paper, whatever you might have, and just take some notes and uh, get some pragmatic, some uh, inspiration uh, for you to keep going and to apply. I know uh, I've talked with Landon a little bit about what he's going to be talking about today, and I am very excited. I feel like it's going to be very uh, helpful for each one of you guys, uh, and it's going to be hopefully hitting right where you're at. I don't want to take very much time, but I do need to let you guys know a a couple things coming up. Um, we do are we are still accepting applications for our internship starting in August. Uh, you can go to vleadership.tv if you have students that are interested. Uh, juniors and seniors are still available to do a private preview day with us. They can email us at info at victoryleadership.tv. Set up a private tour, come, on, come out and visit us and see if maybe uh, Victory School Leadership might be an option for them and their college and their ministry training. Also, for the Oklahoma people, we've got the Desperation Band coming out for a night of worship and prayer. It's going to be on April 15th, which is a Friday night. It's totally free. We'd love for you guys to come out and join us, bring your students if you can. And then also next month, uh, we've got our call on April 28th, which is the last Thursday of the month, we're going to be talking with John Brown, uh, and uh, he he is going to be talking to us about youth ministry leadership. He's been in youth ministry for quite a while, uh, travels and speaks, and uh, just has a wealth of knowledge that you're going to want to um, be a part of that call for sure. Um, great friend of ours. Um, and uh, he just has a ton of information that I know you're going to want to be a part of. So, hey, today uh, I've talked to Landon, and I know he's got a lot of content that he wants to, to get into your hands today, and so I don't want to take up any more of his time, but um, many of you guys got the email, and Landon, uh, his leadership experience has largely been uh, through serving the local church. Um, he was at one of the largest churches in America um, serving side, uh, alongside um multi-site campuses and overseeing one of the largest youth ministries in the nation. He is currently a youth speaker. He's, he's booking uh, camps, retreats, all those types of things. He's doing coaching and consulting for churches. And uh, currently, I'm sure, Lenny you'll talk about it a little bit, but uh, he's working with a church down in Houston and commutes by flying back and forth, uh, helping out a church down there get their youth ministry up and running and uh, man, it is exploding in uh, just, not just numbers but influence in the schools and in their city and so uh, land i don 't want to take any more of your time uh, man the, the The table is yours. go for it.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for uh thanks for having me. Man, I'm excited to, to be with you guys. Uh I think uh, if if you had service last night everybody's probably feeling that holy hangover a little bit. Hard to get up on a on a Thursday and, and, and get going. You're either uh you're either celebrating or you're 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 thinking about quitting. One of the two seems to happen on uh, on Thursday mornings, but hopefully our time today um can, can be effective and uh help you guys continue uh to to advance. Um just like Ryan said a little bit about me. Uh, worked at a fellowship church alongside uh, Ed Young for for several years. Um, we we built a real dynamic student ministry there called the Mix, which is still running and gunning. Uh, recently, uh, last September, transitioned out to uh, to pursue some new things and some things that I felt God was calling me to do. And working with a church down here uh, in Houston, uh, started a student ministry um, called the Take uh, with them. Uh, they kind of had a Sunday model format going. They wanted to move to a midweek service and. Uh, uh, man, God has been doing just some incredible, incredible stuff down here. I mean, last night uh, we baptized 62 students, um, had a, about 800, I think, in attendance, about 819, something like that. And it, it was just amazing. Um, so we outgrew our student building here. Uh, so so there's some stuff that uh, that God's been doing. Um, and I, I don't say that just to, to, to talk about numbers, um, but just to say that because I think some of the... Uh, the things that I've implemented in student ministry uh, are effective. You know, as with anything, chew the meat, spit out the bones. Um, but uh, hopefully, some of this stuff today uh, will will help you. You know, something I learned uh, a while back um, about leadership, just in general, um, is is it's really never about coasting. Leadership is always about advancing. Uh, I really believe. That That we serve a God that is continually moving forward uh continually advancing the kingdom of God, uh, whether we 're going to be a part of it or, or not, um, whether people choose to be a part of it or not it 's not stopping it's moving forward. God is in the business of reaching people, changing people 's lives, and so uh, as a leader uh in 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 god 's kingdom, I believe that that we've got to be careful never to coast, uh, never get to a point where we feel hey we 've arrived. This is it. We've reached the the level of excess success um when 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 there's more lost people to be reached there's always going to be somebody that doesn't know Christ uh until, until Jesus comes back. Our mission is to continue to advance the church. Um but with that, I think I think there's some mistakes that get made uh in, in student ministry and ministry just in general um to where we neglect a few things and we focus solely on our ministry. Uh so the first two things I want to hit today, the first thing is this um When it comes to your leadership, when it comes to advancing, the first thing I think you primarily need to focus on is advancing yourself spiritually. Um, So if you're taking notes, maybe write that down, advancing yourself spiritually. um, Because here's what I believe. If you're not leading yourself um, and if you're not allowing God to lead you in this personal relationship that we have with Christ, um, how can you really effectively lead others and I know this sounds simple it's stuff that we all know but it's stuff that I have to be continually reminded of um because ministry gets so busy I know you guys have busy lives busy schedules uh you've always got the next thing coming up um but I think it is it is it is easy sometimes um because I fall into this often to forget to spend that daily time with God, just spending some time in his word and spending some time in prayer, maybe journaling, whatever that is for you. Um, but but I don't think you can ever take that uh, for granted. I think that is something that if you focus on more your personal time with Christ. It's going to help you uh, become a a more effective leader. So when it comes to this idea of advancing in your leadership, uh, advancing your ministry, I think it starts with you first, you and your personal relationship with Christ. And so that's something that I always try to keep at the forefront of my mind, the forefront of my day, is spending that daily time in God's Word and that daily time journaling. Sometimes that's five minutes for me. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. Sometimes I feel like I get in a zone and and I may spend a lot more time than that. Um, And I don't think... Think there's a right or wrong on any of that, but I think it's something that we can't neglect as leaders in the church, especially if you're young. Maybe some of you guys have been in this this game for a while. Maybe you're new to this. Um, uh, maybe you're you're coaching, leading up new 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 kids in ministry, new students. Man, I think you you can never emphasize this too much. Um, that that keeping that personal connection with your relationship with Christ uh, is of the utmost importance. Uh, secondly. After that, I believe if you want to have an effective ministry, the second thing you need to focus on is advancing your family. Um, I see this probably neglected more than anything uh, in in ministry to where uh, a youth pastor or a pastor spends so much time investing in other people and investing in the church um, that their family kind of falls by the wayside. So if you're married, you have kids, here, here, here would be my encouragement to you. You're the leader of your family before you're the leader of a church. You're the leader of your family before you're the leader of a ministry. God has called you to your family first um, in, in your role and responsibility as a leader. So what I see a lot of times is guys try to separate the two. Hey, here's my family life. Here's my ministry life. Uh, I've got to find this balance. Well, I don't really believe that there's a balance that you can find in ministry with family and, and work. Um, I think what you've got to do is find a rhythm, and I think how you get in a great rhythm of that. Is by including your family in everything that you do. Um, for the most part, you know, obviously there's going to be some things that that they may not be able to be involved with. But uh, I grew up as a pastor's kid. My my, my parents did a great job of this. Um, I mean, I didn't. I missed bedtimes. I missed school school events. I missed all sorts of things, you know, because I was a part of what my my parents were doing at the church. And there were times I wanted to be, times I didn't want to be. But but in the long run, I believe my time spent in the church. Um, uh, my dad, including me, I even remember as a kid when he was a youth pastor, just, just being around students all the time, being involved in what he was doing. I never felt like I couldn't approach him. I couldn't go in his office. I couldn't go on the stage. I couldn't. So let your family be a part of everything that you're doing. I think balance uh, becomes frustrating. Rhythm is something that's enjoyable. When you get in this cool rhythm of, of hey, there's times when you turn it up. There's times when you turn it down. Um, but your family's included they're coming alongside of you in everything that you do um, and not putting too high of a demand on your family either um if you've got a wife uh or a spouse that's in ministry with you um um don't don't put too high of a demand on them to 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 do things that uh that are involved with your your ministry remember to lead them be gracious um um you're the one that's been called to To the position that you're in, um, and so just encourage them to come alongside you in in their gifting and the way that God's blessed them. And so I think those things are, are crucial before you move on to anything else. Advancing yourself spiritually, advancing your family, and then once you you know you focused on those, then I think you're really freed up to advance your ministry. Um, and so what I really want to dive into um, is to give you guys hopefully some some great handles on uh, what I think are, are really eight essentials for a healthy ministry. Um, uh, eight things that that I think will will help you really take your ministry to to the place that 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 god 's calling you to take it i 'm um, uh, a guy that that uh, I know my my strengths I also know my weaknesses um, when when it comes to my weaknesses when i 'm thinking of volunteers team building i 'm always trying to find people that are great in the areas that i 'm not great in um, so that 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 I can turn things over to them that i know i 'm not going to be as effective in I can tell you my strengths are Programming, uh, evangelism, and connecting with students, and, and I enjoy the speaking side of things. I enjoy all the programming side of things. Uh, when it comes to to small groups and things like that, I'm I'm terrible. I always have to have somebody uh, helping with those logistics, organizing those things, uh, that curriculum, all that kind of stuff. And so I I try to build our teams any any place that I'm working uh, based on people's gifts, uh, and then surrounding those those guys. Uh, with With people um, that are strong in the areas that they may be weak in, but hopefully these eight things uh, will help you guys um, and and then if you 've got any questions obviously we 'll open it up to q and a in a bit. Uh, but the first thing is this I think the first and foremost crucial thing uh, to any ministry is clear vision um, you 've got to set simple and clear vision. I, I do coaching with guys, and that's the first thing I ask them, hey, what's the vision of your student ministry? Um, and if they can't tell me right there, then they don't have a vision for their student ministry. So as you're thinking right now, hey, what's the vision of my student ministry? If you can't just, boom, at the top of your head, spit that out, then you probably should go back and re- really look at, hey, what, what is the vision of our student ministry? Um, sometimes that comes from your senior pastor. Sometimes you have the freedom to set that. If you have the freedom to set the vision for the student ministry, here would be my encouragement. Make it simple and make it clear. Um, uh, The vision for any student ministry that I'm typically involved in, uh, three things. We want to see students come to know Jesus. We want to see them get baptized. We want to see them get involved in the local church. That's the vision of the student ministry. Um, uh, Keep it simple. Keep it understandable. Keep it uh, to, to the level to where... Uh, a A student can understand it. A volunteer can understand it. Um, your team can understand it uh big, fat mission statements that are super creative, things like that. I think that 's cool and well but but if people can 't hear it, know it right off the bat. Um, then I think you probably have a cloudy vision. And and what I would do is encourage you to to come up with a very clear vision for the direction of your student ministry. Um, The second thing, and I believe student ministry comes in phases, um, depending on where you're at, clear vision's first. Um, The next thing, your volunteers. Trained volunteers are probably the most crucial thing to your student ministry uh, for growth and effectiveness um, and being able to sustain growth over time. Um, Right now, where, where I'm at in Houston, uh, we've had this explosive growth and our volunteers, uh, and I'll just be honest with you guys. man, we are not where we need to be. That's mission number one for this team down here: is to recruit, train, and get volunteers involved. Um, uh, our, our ratio is so lopsided right now that things can explode with growth, and then if your volunteer base, your foundation isn't set, they'll implode very quickly. And so we're fighting. Um, that time frame to, to, to get these volunteers involved, get them connected, because if we don't, um, I could see us going in the reverse direction pretty quickly. So um, train volunteers. Um, what, what I do is I have a, a training that I do. I'll email this over um, as well um, so maybe you guys can get access to this. But, uh, man, train your volunteers. Have a program Um, that they want to be a part of. Uh, People want to be a part of something significant. They don't want to feel like you're begging them to be a part of something. So as you're recruiting volunteers, you're trying to get volunteers involved, my encouragement would be to make them feel like they're part of something super significant. Know the vision, and then give them direction. So uh, I set up a very organized system. So once a volunteer has been recruited, you meet somebody cool on the weekend, hey, this person would be great with student ministry, they fill out an application, we run a background check on them. We do an interview with them. They come out to our Wednesday night program, and they just observe. They sit in the back. They observe the program. If they still want to be a part of it, the next week they shadow somebody in an area that we think that they would be best suited to serve in, whether that's a greeter, a parker, a check-in person, uh, whatever that position may be. They they will shadow um, that, that leader of that group, For the first uh, Wednesday, then the second Wednesday, they're on the team. We don't want to overcomplicate it, but basically, they fill out an application, they get interviewed. Background check is clear. They observe one night. They shadow one night, and then they're, then they're a part of the team. Um, we hook them up with a T-shirt, a lanyard. We want them to feel like an official volunteer. People will stay connected to something that is organized, and they feel like they're not coming to waste their time. If you just have somebody show up and you're like, hey, if you could just stand there and wave to kids, that would be awesome. You haven't given them direction. You haven't trained them. Um, they, they may show up for one week. They may show up for two weeks. Um, But they're going to check out pretty quick if they don't feel like they have a significant role, that they've been trained in that role. They know exactly what their duty and responsibility is when they show up. Um, uh, We tell people what the expectation is, um, and then they sign a commitment as well. Hey, I'm committing to be a part of this student ministry for the next six months, um, the next year, whatever that is. Um, uh, time frame that you want to decide on. But I think those things are, are, are great things for making student, or making volunteers feel like they are part of something significant and that it's bringing value not only to students' lives but also to their lives as well. So clear vision, train volunteers um, for growth of your student ministry, consistent reach and follow-up. I would say this is one of the areas that, that um, I probably am strongest in, um, our reach and our follow-up with our teams. Um, um, is very effective. Um, we spend a lot of time in schools. Uh, I really believe that you don't grow um, unless you get outside of the walls of the church. Um, uh, I know there would be people that would argue uh, with me on this. I don't think small groups grow student ministry. Um, I think evangelism grows student ministry. I think um, the idea that you're going to equip your students to reach other students um, is is an awesome idea. Um, And it works to some degree. But if you as the leader uh, and the leaders in the student ministry aren't um, leading by example, by being in schools, connecting with students, being outside the walls of the office, Uh, then I don't think that the student ministry will grow as effective as it needs to grow. And so uh, we kind of have a joke. um, I kind of have a philosophy called burn the desk. Um, We get rid of the desks in the office. Um, People spend too much time behind desks. And so uh, every week uh, our team um, in whatever area I'm working in, they, uh, they have what is called a reach report, um, which uh, they have to weekly um, go through and plan out their entire week based on what schools they're going to, how they're getting on campus, what principals they're reaching out to, what teams. Um, we do things like Gatorade drops, flyer handouts on street corners. It's, it's a constant reach. Everyone has to be out of the office at lunchtime um, on a school campus or near a school campus, um, during lunch and then also after school. They either have to be at a game or uh, some type of uh, after school event connecting with students. And the goal there is not to connect with the students that you know. Hey, connect with them, but your goal is to meet new students, new people that you don't know. And so um, we do a thing um, uh, when I was at Fellowship Church in Dallas called The Mix on Campus. We started that down here in Houston. It's called The Take on Campus. Basically, you take your student ministry, and 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 you figure out the ways that you can get on school campuses. Um, I could spend the next hour talking about that it's a it's a It's a process, um, but you got to keep knocking on the doors just because one school says no um, don't give up keep keep knocking, keep knocking, keep praying, keep going, drop cookies off at the office, do whatever you got to do to make a friend at that school. Um, because I think uh, uh, that's one of the most crucial things to growth is this you can figure out how to get on uh, or near school campuses. So, um, But with that, once we get students here, uh, we track all of our first-time guests. They have a card that they fill out when they show up. Um, they immediately get followed up with um, on Thursday after our Wednesday night program. They get a, a text on Thursday. They also then get another text on Monday or Tuesday of that following week before the next uh, program. Uh, And that happens for three weeks. They get a text on Thursday and a text on Monday or Tuesday for three weeks. Um, Once that student has not responded, they haven't shown back up, uh, the team is allowed to then take that student out of what we call their first-time guest book. Um, They keep track of all of these cards up to three weeks. Once a student hasn't responded or showed back up for three weeks, they're able to move on. Um, But they do that. Uh, It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of uh, empowering volunteers to help them with that. Um, but uh, the consistency of your reach, getting outside of the walls, getting to where students are at, and then following up with those students, those first-time guests that show up to your program uh, is, is crucial. I think it's the number one thing for growth in a student ministry uh, is reach and, and follow-up. Um, so uh, clear vision, train volunteers, the consistency in your reach and follow-up. Um, and then also, uh, I really believe excellent programming uh, is, is a crucial thing, one of the essentials for a healthy ministry. You do all this work to invite kids, get kids there. If they show up to something that's not fun, engaging, encouraging, relational, then then they're going to check out very quick. They're not going to show up the next week. And so when it comes to programming, um, you know, four things. Pray it up. Um, I think we got to pray about the direction God wants us to go. Plan it out promote it everywhere, and then pull it off. Um, let me say those again. Pray it up, plan it out, promote it everywhere, and then pull it off. Um, so so with that, uh, and obviously go in the direction God's leading you to go with a series or an event or whatever that may be. Um, plan it out. Don't try to wing programming. Um, I try to stay two weeks ahead uh, of everything that we're doing. So the teams that I work with, um, they're planned out two weeks in ahead, um, so they know exactly what's coming up, um, uh, what we're trying to execute. We go through that um, on Thursday. Um, Before the coming Wednesday, we re-go through everything. Then we go through a step-by-step of it again on Tuesday. Um, When it comes to to our rehearsals, we do a rehearsal on Tuesday night, a full program run through Tuesday night. Um, We go through that twice. Then we show up early uh, on Wednesdays before the program starts, and we do a full program run-through twice on Wednesday as well. So we end up practicing our program four times before we ever pull it off uh, live. Um, That practice time helps you uh, create a level of excellence um, uh, in your programming that I think is appealing to students, Um, and that's even if we're running – Games, we're running music, whatever it is, our programming changes all the time. Um, If we're running games, say we're doing a bunch of minute to win it games, we still run Tuesday night practice on all of those games so that they're done excellent. Then we come in, we run the same thing on Wednesday night before the program starts. Then we pull it off during the program. Um, uh, Our promotion is all over the place, social media. If you're not on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, um, you're behind the curve already. Um, you got to get on all of those things. Make sure your ministry is on all of those things. Social media is the language of students. Um, that is how they express themselves. That is where they're at. That is what they're doing. Um, and so, so when it comes to promotion, you need to be on those things. Um, you need to be uh, talking about it, posting about it, uh, getting the information in the hands of, of people. So we promote it everywhere. It's just blanket promotion. Um, there's no right or wrong way to promote, um, as long as you're getting the info out. Um, every series we do, we, uh, we get flyers made for those series. Um, uh, clubflyers.com is a super cheap site you can get flyers from. Um, so we, we do that with everything, um, so that way we got, we've got material in students' hands. Um, we're always promoting... Um, uh, the Like last night, we threw an event called the whiteout Out Party. So within that whiteout Out Party, we bi- built in promotion for our next series. So we're always promoting ahead. So be thinking ahead in that. Um, uh, what you're doing one Wednesday night, make sure you're promoting what's happening the next Wednesday night um, and equipping students to help you promote. So we put flyers in students' hands. We bundle them in packs of five, and we say, hey, just get five flyers out at your school this week. Spread the word on what's going on. Um, You don't have to professionally order those. You can print them. We've done things on the cheap before where we just print it on on regular paper, black and white, print flyer, handing out full sheets of paper, schools, things like that. So um, promote it everywhere pull it off. Um, So those would be the things with with programming. Pray it up, plan it out, promote it everywhere, pull it off. Um, uh, Another thing that I think is essential, effective small groups. Again, like I said at the beginning, I'm not your small group guy. Uh, I'm not the best at putting those uh, together. Uh, So I try to surround myself with somebody that is good at the logistics of that, good at pulling that stuff off. But here's what I think is crucial to your small group model. It has to be intentional, it has to be relational, and it has to be foundational. Um, So intentional – um, there's got to be a purpose to it um it can't be hey we 're just getting together to hang out with twelve people in all of these groups um what's what's the what's the point of it what's the intentionality behind it um it's got to be relational. I think I don't think it can be all teaching. Your small group leaders need to be highly relational. We encourage small group leaders to, to go to games, to be a part of those students' lives. Um, um, they're an extension of you. You're not going to be able to connect with every single student necessarily. Um, so they're an extension of you. And then they have to be foundational. I really believe the best small group models are helping students become more Christ-like. So what does that look like? Teaching them how to navigate and use their Bible. Teaching them how to, to, to read the Word of God, to work through that. Um, I think that's a lost art for students. Um, uh, you know, I have the advantage of obviously growing up in a Christian home and, and uh, being a pastor's kid so that there's things I've learned by default. Um, but most students these days um, don't have a Bible don't know how to navigate their Bible as simple as Old Testament, New Testament. What's a chapter? What's a verse? What's a book? Um, you have to, I think, get simple with a lot of those students and helping them navigate through those things. And so, um, anytime that that we're doing anything with small groups, it's foundational stuff, um, just about who they are as Christ followers, what that looks like to live that out. Um, we don't go to, we don't try to get too quote unquote deep in our small groups. We want it to be very foundational. Um, The things that matter most, um, there's a lot of great small group material out there. Um, If you've got somebody that's really good at putting that stuff together, let them do that. Let them use their gift. Utilize that. Um, uh, There's no right or wrong format for small groups. I just think you have to have an effective small group uh, model of some sort, whether they meet weekly, whether they meet the same night, whether they meet on a different night, whether they meet in homes, whether they meet on campus. Um, It doesn't really matter as long as you have an effective a group, um, But I think you've got to, uh, as the leader of your ministry, inspect those groups. Um, uh, the, the, the one downfall with small groups often with student ministry is they can become very cliquish and they can become very inward focused um, to where I think as Christ followers, no matter what our group is that we run with, um, we've always got to have other people on our mind that aren't a part of our group. That doesn't mean that we're going to become best friends with them, but still being able to include them to the bigger picture of the church. Um, so just just really guarding as a leader your small group leaders and, and your small group system from becoming too inward focused that it's uh, you know us four and no more, um, uh, and, and we start – excluding instead of including uh, other people into what we're doing. Um, I, I see that happen a lot in student ministry, especially in the small group area. It becomes very exclusive um, when we want it to be inclusive instead. And so um, effective small groups uh, are a key um, to a healthy ministry. Um, this is the part that I get a lot of debate on. Um, you got to have creative preaching. I really believe that. Um, You've got to be creative. Think through your messages. uh, I think the best uh, advice I ever got in speaking was not, "Hey, no more about the Bible, no more." It was learn to be a good storyteller in student ministry. Learn to teach them the Bible, not just read them the Bible. Um, uh, Learn to tell the stories that are in the Bible in a creative and compelling way, not just read them word for word. Um, So, so be creative. um, don't try to outkick your creative coverage, is what I like to say. Um, don't try to don't try to be more creative than you need to be. Um, don't use 15 props to try to get it across one point. Every analogy breaks down at some point. Every prop um, usage breaks down at some point. So use it and move on from it. Um, um, be creative with it. Last night um, we did a simple. Simple salvation message, really. Uh, I had a pair of white shoes on, kind of talked about how I love to 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 get a new pair of white shoes before summer hits. It's kind of my thing. Uh, went to a, a Water Burger, which is a burger joint down here in Texas. A uh, lady in front of me with a big old cup of Coke turned around, bumped into me, sport, poured soda all over my brand-new white shoes. I was upset about it. Talked about how our lives are like that. God created us with this perfect plan for our lives. Sin has stained us, messed us up. What does God do? Um, so during the, the message, my whole analogy was I had these new white shoes on. I poured soda all over them on stage. The kids went crazy. They couldn't believe I did it. Um, but I had a new pair of shoes and just kind of drew that, that picture of, hey, you can take the old stuff off. God will give you a new life. Um, and, and so just keep things simple. Um, uh, be creative. Um, my goal every Wednesday night is to preach for no more than 20 minutes. Um, um, I've heard debate on this all over the place. Uh, especially if you have middle school and high school together. Twenty minutes, I think, is the window that you can capture them. You've got to remember they've been in school all day. They've been talked to all day. They've been lectured at all day. Um, give them 20 minutes and leave them wanting more for the next time. You don't have to say everything that you need to say. I would say most of us do series, so you've got you can continue the series the following week. You continue continue your message. The the 40 45 minutes messages for students, even 30 35 30 35 minutes. I, mean, I feel is too long. I feel you become ineffective at that point. Um, I feel students check out before the main part of the message typically, which is at the end when you're going to give students an opportunity to come to know Christ. And so um, try to engage them um, for for 20 minutes in a compelling and a creative way. I think that is crucial to um, uh, the, the, the effectiveness of your student ministry. Um, along with that, next thing I would say is you've got to have visible life change. Um, what does that mean? I think when when you offer an opportunity for students to come to know Christ, there's a few things that I like to do. I I, I love the altar call. Um, I don't think you can do it every single week. Maybe you can. Um, uh, I guess that's all preference. But I love visible life change. So every service we have, there's an invitation to accept Christ. Sometimes we do a call down for that. Sometimes it's just a simple raise your hand. Um, We also do regular baptism calls. Um, um, I'm not big – Big on just scheduling baptisms throughout the year. I love to make it spontaneous. Um, we don't necessarily do it every week, um, but we do it often. Um, uh, I have a system with that. We have everybody in the room stand. Um, we count to three. We explain baptism. We count to three, have them come forward. Uh, we make this whole baptism thing a huge celebration. Um, I believe something happens when students see students responding in some way to Christ. This visible life change uh, is contagious, and it's effective. Um, I was just scrolling social media this morning, and just how many students were excited about their friend that got baptized that they had invited, and and other kids saying, oh, you got baptized, congratulations, that they weren't there, but they want to come check it out now. And so uh, this visible life change is contagious. And so I would create ways in your program, whether that's weekly, monthly, whatever that is, to where students are seeing students respond to, to something, um, a call down, an altar call for salvation, uh, a call down for baptism, um, doing baptism on a Wednesday night, whatever that looks like, then being able to see that visual, visible life change um, is, is contagious for your whole student ministry. Um, and the last thing I would say, is is know your numbers. Um, track your attendance. Um, uh, I know we get caught up in numbers. I think you can overthink numbers. I think numbers can become destructive when you're comparing your numbers to other people's numbers. But for your specific ministry, know your numbers. Track your attendance. Track it weekly. Track your first-time guests um, so that you can know attendance trends. If you don't know where you're at, if you don't know who's showing up, um, you can't plan for where you need to go. Um, So what we do every week is we we track every student. We have a check-in system every single student. You don't get in unless you check in. And so um, we kind of block off our whole entryway. Um, There's tables there. They have to come up to the table. Um, uh, We have a computer system um, that we use uh, uh, called F1, Fellowship One, um, that they check in through. Um, uh, If they're a first-time guest, they fill out a new card the next week their sister's info will be in the system, um, but we track their weekly attendance. That way I can pull reports um, and know, hey, man, this student, you know, go down this list. Hey, you know, John Doe one, He, he came these first three weeks, um, but, man, we haven't seen him the, the last four weeks. Maybe we should give that kid a call, find out what's going on, see where they've been, see how they're doing, um, uh, 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 doing those things. So we'll throw a big event. We'll do we'll do a we'll pull a report of every student that's attended over the last six months, and we'll call those students, text those students, hit those students up. And so, if you know your if you're tracking attendance, you're going to be able to know your numbers. Um, I can look at a series. Hey, over these three week period, man, this this series, man, did really awesome. What were we talking about? What, what what was the concept behind that? Man, this series over here, it didn't do so well. What was going on? And we track all of that. Um, and so whether you have a system, a computer system for tracking, or you've just got to track students through a, through a spreadsheet um, and, a, and a sign-in sheet when they get there, um, figure out a way to track uh, your attendance weekly, um, uh, monthly, monthly. Uh, by series, however you want to break that down, but know your attendance trends. Um, if you don't know your attendance trends, I think it's easy just to say, hey, here's where we're at. I think if you want to grow, it's just like in any other area of business. You want to know where you've been so you can know where you need to go. And and maybe it's part of me because I came from a, a world before I got into ministry that was very numbers-driven in, in sales. And so um, I, I like to look at those things. Where were we at last year um, compared to this year? What, what are we doing differently? What are we changed? What what do we need to change? Those types of things. And attendance will tell you a lot about that. Now, don't get consumed with attendance numbers. Um, Your your most important numbers always are, for me, the number of salvations, the number of baptisms, and the number of first-time guests you have coming up. The most important number week-to-week for me, um, um, aside from salvations and baptisms, is my first-time guest number. That's what I focus on most um, we try to run uh, 10% of our total number uh, first-time guests. That's our goal. So if we had 200 students show up, I want 20 of those students to be first-time guests. Um, if, you're, if you're able to pull that off, I'm telling you, you're going to see significant growth. Um, so, but then you want to get those first-time guests to stick, and so we follow up with those first-time guests, and we also track, hey, what percentage of those first-time guests from week one showed up on week two? Um, and so we try to run a 50% retention rate um, Brad Cooper um, down in uh, uh, New Spring was talking with him a couple weeks ago. He he, he most of their campuses are running like forty to fifty percent retention rate. That's how they're seeing such amazing numbers and growth because they follow up with these first time guests so effectively. They get them back, and so be creative with that. We've off- offered kickback things for students to come back. Some some advantage type things for them to come back. Some connection. Um, those first time guests are usually followed up um, with somebody on our team that's in a leadership role. Somebody they've seen on stage. Somebody that that they would look to as a leader. So so they feel uh, important about getting that text or that call or or that post on social media. So um, that's that's kind of what we do with with our uh, with knowing our numbers. Um, but I think it's crucial. I think it's important. Um, we also do a, a wristband check in system. To where um, they get a wristband when they, they check in, so we can reverse count um, the number of wristbands that we have left, um, so we kind of know exactly where that number was at. Um, we do a head count. We compare all of those things every Wednesday night um, to come up with the most accurate attendance number. Then we look at our first-time guests, um, and we kind of evaluate all of that week to week, um, so that we, we can be effective as, as we move forward. So um, those things I'll run down on the list real quick. Eight things. Clear vision trained volunteers, consistent reach and follow-up, excellent programming, effective small groups, creative preaching, visible life change, and knowing your numbers. I think those are eight essentials for healthy ministry. Um, I think you start putting those things into action. You'll see some growth. Um, and I know that's a lot to cover. It's a lot of things. I want to make sure we've got time for for this Q&A. So hopefully that stuff helps you. Um, we can dig into more details. I told Ryan that I'm cool with You guys getting my info, if you guys want to follow up later on and talk more specific details about some of this stuff. um, You know, an hour I don't think gives us enough time to cover everything in the world, but uh, I also want to be respectful of y'all's time, and uh, uh, thank you guys for having me. So, Ryan, we can open it up to Q&A.
0: Yeah, man, hey, thank you so much for all that. Why don't you just real quick, why don't you give us – uh, your contact information. I know you do coaching for youth pastors and churches. Uh, you're also booking speaking engagements for summer camps and even just uh, other uh, Wednesday night things like that. So why don't you just give us your contact information real quick, and we'll also add that into uh, our email at the end of this as well. But why don't you go ahead and just give it to us.
1: Great. So you can, you can, for booking or anything like that, if you're ever interested in that, you can just go to LandonPickering.com. You can find all the info there. Um, if you want to email me, that's usually the most effective way for us to schedule a time to, to, to get on the phone. Um, it's connect at LandonPickering.com. Um, and then I'll shoot you guys my number right now, too, if you're writing it down. It's 817 602 Two four seven eight. If you give me a call um, or shoot me a text um, with your info, um, I'll, I'll definitely try to get back, back to you as soon as I can. Okay, awesome.
0: All right, guys, if you want to get uh, in uh, to ask a question, go ahead and hit star six, and we'll get you in. I know we've got a couple of guys that uh, were invited in and maybe not uh, signed up through our website, and so we want to make sure to keep you guys in uh, contact. So if you guys can go to www.yproundtable.com and give us your contact information, that would be great, so that way we can send you guys out uh, all of our information uh, each time, remind you guys about the calls and give you guys texts, all that kind of stuff. But uh, if you've got a question, go ahead and hit star six. We'll get you in here and uh, we'll get this going. So, uh, Landon, why I want you to go ahead and talk about uh, the free uh, resource. Uh, I know that uh, you sent over... Uh, a resource for us to uh, send out to all the guys. So uh, why don't you just give us real quick uh, just kind of the the two-second overview of your resource that you're going to be sending out.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, there's an event that we do every year called Color Clash. Uh, we started this several years ago. We do it uh, typically twice a year after spring break um, to get a, a boost. And then we do it at the beginning of the school year, about a week or two into to the school year. It's called Color Clash. Um, you guys have probably seen you know, similar things out there, um, paint wars, powder wars, that kind of stuff. Um, so what I send over to you guys is a packet that gives you um, kind of a step by step detail with the links to the vendors that we use um, for all of those materials, um, the powder can get really expensive, so what we did is we started using um, a watered down temper paint, which is just as fun, just as effective. Um, you just don 't want to do it on a cold night. you want to do it when the weather 's a little bit warmer, otherwise you have kids catching pneumonia out there but uh, um, it's it 's a uh, paint that you mix with water. Um, all the details of how we set that up, what we do, and then then we do a a, a powder round, but we use flour um, instead of the 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 powder that you purchase for these color runs and things like that. That stuff can get really expensive we 've tried to make it before it 's a pain in the butt, so we we try to figure out an effective way to um, to to do a cool event like that it 's been our biggest event every single time. Um, um, we've seen more first-time guests, um, and we use those those nights as big salvation nights. Um, we've seen, you know, hundreds of kids come to know Christ to those events, and then we have a lot of fun, you know, with it. But step-by-step process that I sent over um, for you guys, you can use the name Color Clash if you want to um, or, or package it in a different way, but, but um, that will give you kind of uh, all the vendors and, and people we go through to order all of that stuff.
0: That's awesome. Let's go ahead and get into our first question. I think this is Bo.
2: Yo, what's up? What's going on, man? Hey, man, uh, dude. Thanks so much for all that information, dude. Super helpful, solid. Uh, appreciate your heart. Appreciate your consistency. Um, one of the things, that, one of the questions I have is related to uh, getting involved and getting connected with your schools. Um, here in our area, we have five major public schools, uh, and so I've kind of, kind of shied away from going into the schools because I feel like um i feel like as a student pastor i feel like i'm not um i well let me just okay i feel like i don't have the the time or the resources to give them exactly what they're wanting and so that's kind of kept me back a little bit from going in one that's one thing and two is because we have like five schools in the area like i feel like okay if i go on one i've got to be able to do stuff for all five and so kind of talk me through or talk through the process in which you go in, uh, obviously there's multiple schools in the Houston area. Um, how do how is, what's your approach towards that? Not just for one school, but the area, um, and and how do you, how do you spread yourself across those things? Um, we've kind of went from going after the schools and just saying, hey, let's just do small groups, and small groups are great for growing what you currently have, but it's not been good in terms of. Growth outside of the walls, and so I'm wanting to go into the schools. But how do you one overcome that perception? of just like, okay, what can I offer? What if they ask for more? Like, if you could just kind of talk through that process.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the things that that I would say. You know, um, years ago, I just started praying about that. I was actually uh, under a, a leader. This is several years ago. And I brought up an idea about getting on getting on campuses, and, I mean, the leader just straight up told me it's never going to happen, bro. Just get that out of your mind. They don't want us on schools, separation, church and state, all that kind of stuff. And so I said, okay. I just kind of banked it in the back of my mind, and, and as I began to get more and more involved in, in student ministry, you know, it's just always – where are students at can find for almost eight hours of their day every day? the biggest reach ground that you have is a school, and so um how do you effectively get on on campus and so um my my thought process on this um and and don't crucify me on this don't think about bringing Jesus to campus first. think about how you can just get on campus. Um, the schools don't want you, even if a principal is is a Christian, a teacher is a Christian, a counselor is a Christian, they, their hands are tied. We're not going to effectively, um, to the mass schools, if you want to do a school assembly or a pep rally, it's not going to be a, a, a message that you're going to be able to preach. Um, um, now, there's people that I see doing effective Bible clubs, things like that. My approach is a little bit different, Um we try to find uh, uh, really a principal or a counselor that, that will let us um, uh, come in and meet with them. And so there's a few things, um, tips I would give you guys. Learn, um, first and foremost, to dress the way you should dress when you approach a school. Um, I know it's all all cool with the Jordans and snapbacks and the, the, the typical, you know, um, um, uh, youth pastor get up <laughs> I think around the nation um, I, I think you got to kind of change that a little bit I'm all for fashion, I love it um, uh, but when you approach a school, um, man, teachers are in, in, principals are in suits and ties and things like that. And so, um, I would say go business professional when you come on campus. Um, come prepared um, with, with a plan. So um, we always have a packet ready. Um, we, we rephrase um, what we do. And so the, the student ministry that I'm working with currently down here in Houston is called the Take. Um, so we, we phrase everything. You've got to learn to speak their language as well. Dress their dress, speak their language. Um, uh, don't talk in terms of, hey, I'm a youth pastor that has a ministry. Change your terminology to, hey, I run a student program called The Take. That's what I, this is my, my sales line. I run a student program called The Take. Here's the vision behind The Take. We, we want to see students become effective in life. Um, deep down, I know the only way a students really going to become effective in life is if they have a relationship with Jesus. I don't have to say that on the public school. So uh, our goal uh, with the take is to see students become effective in life. It's a program that meets every Wednesday night. Any students welcome, no matter what their belief system is. Um, uh, but we want to also serve your school. Um, we really. Ber- We want to really help you bring fun, energy, excitement, and unity um, to your school. And we would love to talk to you uh, about how we could partner with you. Um, And so that's kind of the sales pitch. Um, I think your best in is when you get the ear of a counselor. Um, Counselors every year and every – public school across the country have programs that they have to implement. Um, in Houston, for our middle schools um, down here, it's a, a program called No Place for Hate. So all we do is try to partner with them with what they already have going on. Okay, No Place for Hate is already established. She has to run four things a year um, that are school-type assemblies for the whole school that involve someone talking about um, no place for hate. So okay, no place for hate. They wanted us to come in and talk for uh, about bullying. So we said, hey, here's the deal. We'll come in. We'll set up uh, a thing where we run some fun games. Um, and then we talk to the students about bullying. We'll meet in the, the cafeteria. We'll meet in the, the gym. Um, so you go in and you plan that out with the counselor. Um, I don't get caught up in the, uh, hey, could you come in and help us with this troubled student uh, with a one-on-one session every week for two hours. I, I Honestly, I don't have the time. Um, to do that, my goal getting on campus is to be in front of as many students as possible. Um, and so go in, try to get the ear of a counselor, set up a meeting. Most of them will find time to meet with you. Um, um, work alongside them with what they already have going on. So our approach isn't we want to bring a new program in. Our approach is, hey, we want to partner with what you've already got going on. And here's the here's one of the keys. They're going to bring somebody in to talk about this stuff regardless. So here's the advantage you have. Um, We always tell them, hey, look, we know that there's things that go on every year at every school. There's issues that come up, things like that. You can bring in a speaker that you're going to pay, and then they're going to leave and be on to the next city, or um, we can come and do this for free. And we're just a phone call away if you ever need us. We're just down the street. Um, so they love to hear that you're you're game for the follow-up. So how you then get on lunch is, is you try to plan one of these things. After that, say, hey, we would love to just follow up with these students um, about how they're doing with the whole No, no Place for Hate campaign. Um, Could we come by for lunch and just go table to table, high-five kids, encourage them, and just kind of ask them how they're doing with what we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. They let you on so quick. You may have to fill out a background check, all that kind of stuff with the school district. Um, uh, so learn learn the language of the school. Learn what they're passionate about and just get on board with what they've already got going on. And here's the thing. They're going to start discovering who you are. Um, so we start doing these things called Take on Campus where we do lunchtime activities. We come in on a Friday Um, to bring some fun to the school. So we bring in some music. Um, We do some games, simple things like a zebra cake eating contest, a donut eating contest, things like that. Um, And then we do a little talk of encouragement, Um, nothing biblical-based. But we bring our signage. Um, um, We have flyers available if the school will let us. Some schools let us hand them to students. Others let us just have a table and, and students can then approach the table, and we, sell it. we, we tell them, hey, my name is Landon. I'm from The Take. We run a thing on Wednesday night. we got this cool event coming up. If you want more information, you can come get a flyer from The Table. Take it home. Talk to your parents about it. Um, it's really – those are the simple things, and it's just literally finding your first open door, talking to that counselor or principal, and then once you pull off a successful um, first time with them, then say, hey, would you mind shooting an email to your colleagues in, in the district about uh, the program that we do on campus um, and let them know that this is available to them as well? Nine times out of ten, they're going to send that out, and then you'll get people people booking it um, for you um, uh, or, or hitting you up for, for inquiries about it. So hopefully that helps a little bit. But sometimes that starts with literally just dropping cookies off at the front desk um, just stopping by, letting them see your face. Um, and again, one door may close, but keep knocking, keep praying about it. Um, when I was up in, in Dallas, um, that our team started praying about every open door in the school district. Um, we wanted to be in every school in, in the area that we were in, and so we just started praying. We started knocking on doors, and, and it took about a year, honestly. But after a year, we were probably in 25 different schools, full access. We could come in whenever we wanted to. So hopefully, hopefully that helps a little bit, man. It's just a, it's just a, it, it is a tedious thing, but I think it pays off in the long run.
2: Hey, that's super helpful. I, if if I may, just kind of add a secondary question to to that deal is, um, which was kind of leaning towards you know my original question: how much of the interaction is directly with you? And then when or if there is any pass-off to maybe a head leader or some of your support staff, at what point does that happen, um, if it happens at all?
1: Yeah, so I try to – to, um, to, so with the team down here and kind of with what I'm doing currently and even with what I was doing at, in Dallas, um, um, I, I lead through leaders. Um, so, you know, I have the capability down here. We have a, a, a team. Uh, of of staff members, and then we did there as well. So um, we kind of designate areas to each of those. Now, I think you can do this through key volunteers as well. Um, You just don't want anybody that ever has a chance of messing something up for you on a school campus, so make sure you trust those people that you're turning it over to. But, man, I'm all for delegation. So, um, uh, man, delegate things, um, hand things off to people, but just make sure you're inspecting um, what you expect in, in those those areas. So if you turn over a school to somebody, just make your, sure you're stopping in um, with that person on occasion so you can in, inspect exactly what's going on to make sure it's to the standard that you want it to be. Um, um, so yeah, I definitely, I'm all for giving away. We try not to wear out our welcomes in the school either. Um, so we're not trying to hit schools every single um, uh, uh, day, at least the same school. If I get access to a school, I'm not hitting that school daily. I'm hitting that school maybe twice a month max. You want them to, to see you, know you, miss you a little bit. You don't ever want to become too common uh, because then they see you at their school. They don't want to come see you, uh, you know, on your campus. And then if you, if you do have people that you can work through a team or volunteers or staff um, and, and you're, you're the head leader, um, I think there's also some value in them not having full access to you all the time. They see you on Wednesday. Um, and then it's very special when you show up to their school with these other leaders. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, it makes perfect sense, man. Appreciate your time, bro.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go uh, to our next one, 806.
2: Hey, man, this is Cameron. Thanks for all that. You uh, definitely uh, helped out with the school question that I had. Um, I do have a question about uh, some, some volunteer training. Um, so I have about 20 volunteers, and, uh, they, you know, they have different things going on in their life, different families. Some of them are college students, just, just real busy. Uh, we meet twice a month, but I don't feel like we're getting um, adequate training out of just those couple of hours that we meet uh, per month. And, you know, they're here early on Wednesdays and, and getting things going, and they have their their um, jobs, they have their, their opportunities to serve ready to go kind of on Wednesdays, but what is the best way you've seen to really train up and get volunteers excited, uh, get them really taking ownership more than just, uh, like, I have this, this thing that I'm responsible for? What, what is the best volunteer training kind of model that you've seen or that you have?
1: Yeah, so 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 what we try to do typically, and what I've tried to do, you know, everywhere that I've I've worked with, is is build a model to where um, there's a consistent time that they show up on Wednesdays. I, I try not to overly meet with them because they do have busy lives. Um, you don't want them to feel like there's an expectation for them to be here twenty four seven. So so every Wednesday, our volunteers arrive at our program starts at seven thirty. Um, our, our volunteers, uh, we ask to be here at six fifteen. Um, that is exactly when our vision time will start. So we, we cast clear vision. It, it's the same thing every Wednesday. We start with vision. Hey, guys, so excited that you're here. Here's the reason we're here again. Man, it never ends. To see students come to know Christ, to get baptized, to get connected to the church, that's the goal of our student ministry. That's the vision. We're so excited that you guys get to be a part of it. Always lead with vision. Um, you You're the vision holder. Um, uh man volunteers will leave they go about their life they forget about the vision you know they do um so it just has to be a constant reminder so always lead with vision um we try to meet for 15 minutes um uh 5 minutes is is vision and then a quick you know encouragement prayer and then we get to logistics then we get ready to open doors that's that's our wednesday meeting very quick very simple To the point. Um, Now, throughout the week, they're getting some encouraging text messages. Hey, thank you for serving. Thank you for being a part of this. Um, We want to keep them in the loop. Um, And then quarterly, we do just a volunteer hangout. Um, That is literally just an appreciation. And we try to get them outside of the church. So, hey, everybody we're meeting at, we try to do things that that aren't common things that they may not just normally go do. So, hey, we try to try to go uh book, hey, we're all going roller skating um on this night, uh Friday night, Saturday night, whatever it is. Um uh, we'd love for you guys to be there. Um sometimes, you know, if if we want to rent bowling lanes or a skating alley or whatever that is, we we um we um um we'll We'll ask them to bring five bucks to chip in. you know that all depends on what your budget looks like and things like that so um, uh, but we'll do we'll do things like that and so then it's that's a time of appreciation fun, helping them build community. The more community they build with the people that they serve with, um, the more committed they're gonna be to to being a part of that because then they're not just coming to serve students they're still coming because they they've got this family. Um, this community that they have while they're serving. So um, we try to do that quarterly, and then twice a year um, we do full-blown training. And everyone, it doesn't matter if you've been a volunteer for 10 years, you have to come to that, and that's where we re-up on, on everything. What's relevant in student culture, um, um, there's a whole list. And just coming up with those things that you value and those things that you want them to know, going through the gamut of that training um, um, Uh, twice a year. So we do that before school starts, and then we do that um, uh, uh, um, after Christmas when the the New Year's starting again. So those two times a year, we have these full-blown trainings. Those are usually about an hour and a half of, of this is where we're going, this is the direction of our student ministry, here's the plans, we recover um, what a greeter does, what a parker does, what a check-in person does. Um, we do all of that. Um, oftentimes they'll break into their teams with those leaders. Um, so I try to have a leader for every area. If you have a parking team, you want a parking leader. If you have a check-in area, you need a check-in leader. And so those are your most thoroughly trained people. Lead through um, – so make a list of your, your, your areas. Find leaders – for those areas, lead through those leaders. So you're not having to teach somebody to do check-in. Your leader of the check-in is helping to teach people to do check-in. You 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 recruit them, you encourage them, but then you turn them over to the leader of that area. Um, and so we'll have this big time of general training. Then they get into specific training. Hey, guys, we want to re-up on all of our check-in training. Boom, the check-in team. Hey, we've got some new people that are joining us. They're going to get trained on that, so everyone moving into the the new year and into the new school year is thoroughly trained on the area that they're going to be serving in um, and and really try to lead through those leaders that that you really invested in. And then those quarterly uh, appreciations, you still keep vision at those points. Those are encouragements. Those are more about thank you for being a part of this. They're building community. um, And then your vision time every week um, with, with logistics. And we try to send out logistics email wise before they get there, but then we cover those uh that night. Cool.
2: Yeah, no, thanks. That's that's a lot of great
1: help.
0: All right. Hey guys, it's uh it's eleven o'clock already that time went by fast, so uh I know uh been great for me. Landon, thank you so much. Man, any final thoughts for us?
1: No uh, man, I just I, I'm just so thankful for you guys. Uh man, I know student ministry can be a grind. Ministry's a grind uh but man just want to encourage you guys I man keep doing what you're doing no matter where you're at numerically no matter what's happening you know just just know that um man the tide comes in and the tide goes out so our job is just to continue fishing um so just make sure that no matter what if you're having a great run students are showing up things are going awesome awesome um man don't forget that that's all about Jesus um, things may be low, things may not be going in the direction you want them to be going. You may be frustrated. Hey, just remember it 's about jesus um, um uh don't 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 get don 't get caught up in this comparison game i think that 's the uh just the way social media is these days uh, and i think it 's so easy to to see the back of the room picture that looks like eight million people showed up to a student event um you know just don't don 't get caught up in all of that Um uh, be be faithful where God has you. Appreciate where God has you. Work hard where God has you. And man, God's gonna, God's gonna do what God wants to do in you and through you. And so, uh, uh, just coming from me, guys, I I appreciate what you do. I love students. I love student ministry. Um, And so, I'm so thankful that there's guys like you out there um, helping to invest in this generation because I really believe this generation is poised um, to take the church to a place we've never seen it go before. And so, uh, I just want to thank you, thank you guys for letting me speak into you a little bit today. You got my information. I mean it. I don't just say this, hey, hit me up if you want to. No, I mean it. If, if, you, if you need anything, um, uh, you want to talk about anything, seriously, don't hesitate to hit me up. I will get back to you as soon as I can.
0: All right, thank you guys so much. Just a reminder, uh, we've got our next call next month with John Brown on April 28th. We'll be sending out all of the information in your guys' follow-up email, and uh, the resource that uh, he had talked about earlier will be in the email. If you have not signed up already, please go to www.yproundtable.com. Make sure we've got your contact information so we can keep you informed about all the calls coming up. Hey, have a great week, guys, and thank you so much for joining us uh, on this March episode of the uh, Youth Round Roundtable. Thanks, guys. Have a great time, and I appreciate all, every single one of you guys. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, guys. Peace. Peace.